Final Hour Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 on the TSN app. Your home smart speaker now up on TSN 2. Brian Hayes, the dog Jeff O'Neill, Frankie Corrado. We're playing Bruce Springsteen because the Leafs are going to see Springsteen tonight yep. in Seattle. And I, I wonder... Can you find two tickets for McCabe and Lafferty? They're going to be there. Probably a big. They, they must have Talking like a box. They'll be in a luxury box. Yeah. All yeah, right. Really. So if they're in a luxury box, do you just have unlimited tickets? I like, think you got like you got enough to go around for sure. Who gets kicked out? How awkward is that? If they have capacity, you're bringing trainers. You got a couple of other people you've agreed to bring in. If the two guys show up, which they will, yeah. How difficult is that chat where you got to go to two people and say, sorry, you're it out? It won't happen. It won't happen. If you got a good leadership group, that. that How could not it not happen? Down. You don't own the. You, don't, you can't just say these two guys are allowed to come in. Yeah. They don't oh, own the you building. Know, you know the way if it is. If something eh? goes down where you get squeezed a little bit, you might have to grab somebody low on the totem pole and say, you got to go <laughs> no hang with the pigeons. Way. Exactly. Get some crumbs down below. You get them tickets. You scalp tickets. You find a way to keep them in the building. You just say, but someone's got to go. You're getting a squeeze, and you are now watching outside with the lawn chair. You also got to keep in mind the whole crew not going to see Springsteen. There's always a few guys that just, no matter what the team oh, does, uh, it, like, Frankie, it just doesn't interest. I think interest. there would be 15, 10 to 15 guys I would say. I actually have no interest. <laughs> yeah, just they, they're just not going. They're not participating in that event. Okay, well, then that maybe McCabe and Lafferty have no interest in going to see yeah. Springsteen. What if they show up, though, and they floor it? What an introduction to the team. That is something you cannot get everyone's attention by pinning it, like pedal to the ground on the first night with the guys. You cannot do it. Why not? Also, also, like you think about it, like that's that's one way to kind of get the room on your side. If you put on a performance your first night with the group, and it's like you don't cross the line, you're not annoying. You know those guys that kind of get annoying and they want to have the heart to hearts till two, three in the morning. Like you can't be that guy. You you can't do that if you're new to the group. If you're a heart to heart guy and you've been with the team for three hours, no, you can't do that. That's not going to work. That does not go over. The idea of showing up to your first practice slightly hungover. That is where I think you have potential to make your presence felt. Yeah. If you are bag skating and you're grinding and battling and everyone knows that you had a good time at Springsteen the night before, you're that's respected. an introduction. You you're get immediately respected. You got like there's already a nickname involved yeah. depending on what you do that night. There's I a like lot. It. There's a lot of positives. Yeah. And listen, this is a deal that um I don't think is surprising. You know, the reports have been out there that the Leafs were going to be active on a defenseman. They they were Probably in on Orlov. They've probably been calling on Gavrikov. They were probably calling on Chikrin. They probably called on everyone. And it was a matter of trying to make a deal work. And Gavrikov is still on the board. He's in Columbus. But the Leafs go out and acquire Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. But McCabe has this year and two years left on the deal. And Chicago is eating 50%. So you're going to have Jake McCabe at $2 million for this year and the next two. That in and of itself is very valuable. That's huge. For That's this huge. Team. Like yes, the Leafs paid. They had to pay a price. They paid a first, a conditional first rounder in 2025, and a second rounder in 26. There is a chance the Leafs are terrible in 25 and 26. In sports, anything can happen. That's a that's a big window. I suppose. Yes. That's two or three years down the road. If. Matthews, Nylander, like yeah. if guys decide to leave or things yeah, go you're south. right. The window is not forever. No, it's not. not. And and I think that's actually pretty smart by Chicago to say, we'll take picks down the road because yeah. we know what you are this year and we know what you'll likely be next year. But down the road, we want to see 
where you're at because that could be a valuable pick. Think a couple about of this. valuable picks. You have Jake McCabe for the same price you have Justin Hall. Like, yeah, who's probably Hall's replacement. Hall's a UFA after sure. this year. He likes yeah. likely leaves, and, and McCabe you got, steps you got in. a four million dollar player at two million million dollars. Pretty good, right? Do we want to get back before we got CJ? We got like a minute. Do you? Well, want to do... I don't think we have enough time for it. But I, I think what we want to clarify is a couple of things, or I want to clarify is for me Riley, Brody. McCabe and Giordano. Those are your four best defensemen. Those are the horses, man. Those are your four best defensemen. I think those guys are in your top four in some capacity. Yeah. And then you figure out the rest. Now, that's asking a lot out of Gio. It's asking a lot out of Giordano. He's 39 years old. But he yeah. has not shown any signs of playing but like a 39-year-old. Maybe you the need... kid Lilligren can step up and take some minutes away if yes. needed. He's playing he's my number five right now. He's my number five right now. Mine too. Yeah, and he's playing like it. But think about it. If you if your goal is we just need to win one round and we'll worry about the rest later, you got to ride those four regardless of, yep. of Gio and his age and the minutes and all that kind of stuff. Like it's... It's 20 minutes plus for those four guys, and it's 11 for the other guys. Maybe Lilligren gives you a little more five-on-five. Five. Yep, I agree. I think Lilligren's your, your number five guy right now, and he's played well this year. He has played well. And at some point, you can't just have regular season players. If you're invested in a guy, you built him up and you like him, you got to give him a chance to play in the playoffs. Yep. Right? Lilligren has been in and out of lineups in the past in the playoffs. Sandy and the same thing. At some point... You got to go for it. You got to give them opportunities, and I think that'll likely be the case with Lilligren for sure. Sandine, I'm not sure. Sandine, I'm not. I don't think he's guaranteed a spot in game one line. No, it'll right be interesting now. too because like the second power play, which doesn't play much, but that's yep. kind of like his bread and butter. That's where he's had some of an impact this year for sure. Here's our TSN Hockey Insider, uh, Chris Johnston. What do you make of the work that Kyle Dubas did today, CJ? Well, big move, obviously, and and you know we knew he was still shopping and and was going to be aggressive. I, I'm not sure I would have guessed he'd be this aggressive. And you know, I think credit to him. It, it reminds me a lot of the kind of moves we've seen Tampa make with a lot of success in years gone by. Uh, just because he's getting players that are going to be cost-effective players for multiple years, this isn't just contingent on does this work this this year in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Jake McCabe at two million dollars for the next two seasons is is pretty good for a team that's that's always got to be really mindful of that stuff. And I, I don't think the price he paid was was too was too high, uh, quite frankly. And we're talking about picks that you know certainly aren't going to be around at any point in time. Had the least when making them to help out the current group of players to to win a Stanley Cup. So you're trading some of your future to have a better chance today. And I think given where the Leafs are at, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I do think. We've been using that example too, CJ, that, that Tampa, I think Colorado a year ago set the template that if you believe in your team, that you, you gotta pay the price, right? It's, you, you gotta pay the price and, and you may not be overly comfortable with it once you actually get the check in two years, three years at the draft or whatever. But they've been building this program up for a long time. You go back to the tank season, that was eight years ago. Eight years ago, they tanked. Like at some point, you, you got to believe it's going to get over the top. And I think what Dubas has done here is he's he's tried to insulate the best players with guys that he believes have a bit of a different DNA, right? They they they're more competitive and they bring a little bit, you know, of a, of a different DNA than than maybe who's been in there the previous fifty games. Right. I mean, Frankie was in the least lineup in that tank season. Now Thank he's you. working with us. That, that's that's right. how much time. That's how much time has passed. Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, at some point you have to go for it. I don't even think it's just related. I mean, we can tie it to his, Kyle Dubas's contract or the big decisions. I mean, I, I just think, you know, how close they've been in the past 
you know, they've lost always in a you know one and one and done deciding game, right? It's a game seven or the game five against Columbus. Um, you know, you, you're just trying to find a little extra margin when you get to that kind of situation the next time. And so, I mean, I, I think it makes complete sense. We all know that if if it if they don't find traction with this group, something's going to change, and then you're looking at a whole whole different conversation anyway. And so, as long as you're in with this group, if they're performing the way they have, you know, they're fourth best in the league in points percentage right now. And, and you know, other than that, that you know, first two weeks that were a little bit of a sputtering start, they've been they've been there all year long uh, by and large. And so. You know, if you believe in the group, you gotta you gotta have full belief. And they've they've added players, I think, that that bring a different element. You know, whether it's penalty killing, you know, defensive play from from you know the way Lafferty skates. I just I just think they've they've added a little bit more competitive element there too, which which won't hurt in those those playoff games. CJ, do you think that's it? Like Leafs are closing up shop, or they just kind of sniff around the next three or four days and see what's cooking? think that's it quite honestly um you know there's there, there are things they can do cap wise where they don't have to trade someone off the roster to to get cap compliant when matt murray's healthy but you know it's probably easier if, if i'll put it that way to, to make a deal i think they've got some interest on some of their guys that are pending ufas it might be expendable so we'll see if if maybe they become a little bit of a, a seller at least you know with one player for example to to make some cap room and and you know you're this far in why not keep looking at the market i mean seems to me the prices are coming down a little bit are you um, flatlining CJ? i was gonna say you're on the operating <laughs> table honestly i'm stuck in a snowstorm i don't know how to turn the sensor thing off on my car and it takes... i'm like i thought this guy was lying on a hospital bed and the guy was just about to inform you that you're legally dead honestly my car thinks I'm gonna hit something, but it's just like the ice and snow or whatever. I'm 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 not close to hitting anything, and I don't know how to turn that sensor off, so I'm, okay. I'm screwed for this whole hit. That's got to be remarkably frustrating to have a car <laughs> operating that way when you live in Canada and it hates snow and ice. So does this happen all I the know. time or what? No, I don't drive around the city that much, and typically okay. I'm not out when the snow's going on. But I had a few errands I had to run, and my afternoon got blown up by this trade. So okay. I'm. I'm, I'm I've been playing catch-up all day, and here I am in the snowstorm, and my car is going bananas. Well, in terms of these other moves, is it would it be a trade where the the Leafs are acquiring a piece they want, or do you think it's they they have to unload someone to make the math work? Like, what would the what's the philosophy behind the potential for a next deal? Um, in other words, you know, you're they're reaching out and saying we like that player, so we'll pay for it, or we have to unload Kerfoot, Hall, Engvall in order to be cap compliant. I think it's a bit of both potentially there. I mean, look, with the trades they made, they're they're in a position now. I don't. It'd be hard for me to argue they have to do something, right? I mean, I I think that they've pretty significantly addressed their team, and but now they're in the kind of the bonus period. I mean, one part the, the one part you mentioned is okay. Can they can they Make a trade to, to remove someone from the roster that makes sense both financially, but also maybe in terms of what they get. But I think then, you know, why not? You're, you're already kind of you're on a roll at this point. There's still four days or three and a half days till the deadline passes. I think you should still look around. I mean, obviously they've had extensive conversations with teams in the league, and I I do sense it's kind of crazy. I'm saying this because I saw what Tampa paid for Genoa last night, but in general, it does seem like the prices are going to come down from here on in. I mean, most. Most of the teams that are going to be aggressive buyers have made their move. Carolina might be the one notable exception. We'll see what uh, Colorado does, what Edmonton does. But, you know, in the East, we, we've seen, you know, a lot of 
there's not a, there's not many more first round picks hanging out there. I'll say that, and so maybe they can get something that makes sense. That's uh, <laughs> that's cheap. <laughs> It's an iceberg. Iceberg right ahead! (laughs) When O said, what the hell? I lost it, man. Just flatlining, (laughs) CJ. We love that you're live. If there's any show where I had this happen, I'm glad it's your show. It had to be this one. Nobody else would know how to deal with this, so you guys just call it right out. I love it. Hayes and I were just, we turned our microphones off, and we were laughing while you were talking. (laughs) Oh, man. You know what's exciting? I've actually just figured out how to turn that sensor off. Oh, oh, beautiful. Look at That's a bigger deal than the McCabe deal right there. That's continue the hit, Frankie. Fire away. What do you have, Frank? Well, CJ, I was going to say, like, are you kind of surprised that the price are that high for guys like Janot. Like, I know he's a good player and all that, but you, you think about the type of player, like a little bit of a gritty, physical guy, and, like, that's the kind of package you'd put together for, you know, like an offensive dynamo kind of player. But it seems like, you know, that type, that role, it, it's the prices are high for those kinds of players. Well, especially younger guys, which, you know, is with team control, you know, he's, he's still got one more year as a restricted free agent, so Tampa's not making that move just for for one kick at it, I, you know, I, I would say I'm surprised. Like, certainly when that deal was announced, I almost thought it was a misprint or something. Like, I thought I, I misunderstood something when I first, you know, it had been a long day, and that one came out at, what, 10.30 last night or give or take. Uh, but, you know, the more I've thought about it, it just seems like there's almost like a market correction on on draft picks right now. I, I don't I don't think the teams that are spending them value them nearly as much as they once did. I mean, we've already seen five – Five teams at the top end of the Eastern Conference have traded at least one first. Toronto's traded two. They've traded a bunch of other oh stuff with God, it, those teams. Drives is a... It's back, CJ. What happened there? You just, you just told us that you found a way to yes. fix it, and it's, it's back. It's trying to override me from, like, turning off the sensor. The sensor. sensor gate. Sensor gate. Yes. Sensor gate. Oh, my God. Well, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think draft picks are worth what they once were, at least in today's market. That's, that's what I'm seeing. I mean... Teams are spending them like candy, and and if you look at most recent deadlines, you might see one or two that go for a rental player, but but not nearly as many as we've seen you know across the, this last little bit. Yeah, it feels like the NHL is starting to operate in a way like the NBA has been operating, where if you're in it, you you unload everything you got, you take a run at it, and the second you realize that it's not your turn anymore, you unload all your players and you recoup the pegs. And I think that's likely what, what Dubas is thinking here. I'm sure he doesn't want this to happen, but if Matthews in the summer gives them an answer they don't want to hear, if Nylander gives them an answer they don't want to hear, or the money just doesn't matter, even if they win a cup, you still have to do business. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's looking at it thinking, if those guys go or we flip one of them or whoever it might be, you can get picks back. You'll get picks back, you'll get prospects back. And I, I sense that's probably what, what Dubas is thinking, that he's got all these different possible ways that this could play out, and he doesn't seem overly concerned about finding a way to get those picks back, if need be, or if they're in a position where they desperately want them because they're, they're going in a different direction. Exactly. And the, the truth of the matter is, if it gets to that point, Kyle Dubas might not be that one making that decision anyway, right? So, right. I mean, we've all just lived through a pandemic. I'm living through a snowstorm here. 
Seize the day. That I mean, this seems to be what's going on in the league right now. I mean, the Eastern Conference has been crazy. Seize the day. Seize the yes, day, brother. What a line, man. <laughs> <laughs> this yes. is the most inspiring hit we've ever had on this show. CJ, you are a man of just inspiration. Ultimately, let's all go jogging tomorrow. <laughs> Yes, that's the only way it counts. You know what? We're going to get a censor if we go jogging in the snow. <laughs> if that sensor, that sensor goes off again, I'm unplugging my mic and I'm you out gotta of here. Leave. You have You cannot contain yourself <laughs> I anymore. can't do it. Yep. Oh, that man. sensor loves being on the show. This sensor's <laughs> getting right. a lot of airtime. By man. the way, JP, we want like a highlight of the sensor. Yeah. JP's got, you know what? Don't give Duffy any ideas, man. He might use that on Friday. Yeah. That sensor may find a role on Friday. That sensor needs to be going deadline. off for a few teams right now, though, because yes. in the Western Conference, it's like everyone's sleeping. Other than Vegas getting Barbashev, CJ, it's like, yeah. what's going on out there? There's a couple teams that are for sale now with Nashville and Washington. Is it going to be a little more of a liquidation there as well? And you see some of those pieces maybe going out west. Well, you know, I think Colorado still has a move to make. Uh, they've got some cap space with their injuries. Like, that makes sense. I don't know what's going to happen in Edmonton. I mean, they've kicked tires on everything. Uh, we've talked about a lot of the names, but I still think that they're they're going to have to do something. Um, but what that is, it's still a bit of a you know mystery box for me. And so, yeah, we're going to see the West wake up a little bit. But, you know, this year it just feels like there's – I mean, look, six of the seven best teams in the league right now are in the Eastern Conference. So there's, there's a lot of teams out West that don't feel great about themselves in, in their front offices, certainly not enough to – to go all in the way we've seen, you know, the Bruins, the Lightning, the Leafs, the, the Devils, and the Rangers do it. Yeah, yet at the same time, only one of those teams can get through. And in the West, it just seems like if you have any faith in your team, you probably feel more optimistic of making it to a cup final than any team in the East, Boston included, because of who Boston's got to go through. And who the Leafs have to go through in Tampa and Jersey and the Rangers. It's almost like March Madness and all the one seeds and a couple of the two seeds are in the same bracket, like in the same region. You know, it's like Duke, Carolina, Syria, they're all playing in the same, same region. Yeah, and if you're, in, if you're in a weaker division or weaker conference, and clearly the West is that, uh, I, I would look at it the opposite way. You know, if I'm Edmonton, if I'm Winnipeg, like Winnipeg picked up Niederreiter. I thought that was a smart a good play. Pick up, and they didn't have to give up anyone on their roster. It cost you a second. That's like an easy piece of business. And, like, I'm sure you heard it last night. Morrissey made a comment. He quickly tried to walk it back. Um, I, can't remember the, I can't remember the exact wording, but basically, he, I want to say, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, we, he, he thinks they're playing scared, you know, or they're, they're right. starting to play a little jittery here. And um, he caught himself because he knew how people were going to react to that. Because yeah. Winnipeg's starting to slip, and Colorado's going they the opposite are. way. You know, um, I wonder what what Shevel Dayoff and the Jets decide to do beyond Niederreiter. Could you see him being even more bullish between now and Friday? I could because look, their their team. When we talk about seize the day kind of team, that's them. Like. Summer 2024 oh. coming quickly. <laughs> Seize the day with the sensor. My life is made. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the worst radio in the history of time. But it's the best at the so same good. time. It's oh, the worst, man. best we've Hang ever had. Hang on a sec. Had. Finish your thoughts, Go CJ, ahead, CJ. Or can you? I was going to say, though, summer 2024 is coming soon in Winnipeg, right? They, mm-hmm. They've got Shifley, uh, Hellebuck. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois has only got one year left as a restricted free agent. You know, 
they, they don't have forever with their core either. And, and they're actually one of the few teams that we'll call a contender or one of the teams up there in the standings. They have a, they have a fair amount of cap space, you know, compared to some of the, the other front offices out there. They can, they can afford to just add players for a draft pick and, and not have to do quite the, the same sort of gymnastics that, that so, you know, the Oilers, for example, are going to have to do. So I, I think that they're laying in the weeds and, and it's not in their DNA to go crazy, but, this might be the year they should. I know, but why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't they be going crazy? They've had a quality team, and when you've got that goaltender, like, what kind of message is that for anybody? Like, just to kind of be that conservative approach, it's it's go time. For years, it was like, oh, we got these prospects with Shifley and Ehlers and Connor and all that. Like, you got to say, now it's like all in, because who the hell knows what's going to happen in a year and a half with those guys? Exactly. I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think that they're they're a team we should still be watching closely. I mean, I, I'm I'm making I'm out there making all the same jokes as everyone else. Like this deadline is going to leave nothing for Friday, but I still think that there's a fair amount still to happen around the league right, um, because CJ. there's too many teams out there that haven't haven't done anything yet. While a few others are going going bananas. Yeah, something's got to give. I wonder if we can get one more beep before we let you go. <laughs> oh, can't oh, you do can. It. I mean, it's. It's a slush pile out here, guys. I, you would not be wanted. I hope you're not driving home tonight after yeah, the show. We are. Frankie and I are. Oh, made a veteran decision. He's healthy yeah. and happy and comfortable. Oh, today something came up. Can't come in. Yeah. Look at the weather app. That's what came up. <laughs> I hear you. All right, CJ. Well, good stuff, buddy. This has been great and uh, very inspiring. What, what was the line of the day again? Seize, Seize the, the moment. Day. Seize the, the day. day. Seize, Seize the, the day. day. Seize the day with a siren to inform him there's ice ahead. Yes, we love it. Oh, JP, do man. we have We've any? had a good run. I have a feeling this is my last appearance on your show, so no. thanks, thanks for everything, boy. Never, never, buddy. Thank you for doing this. We'll uh, catch you later in the week. All right, see ya. There's Chris Johnston. <laughs> 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 no way! Was, was that, that JP? Was that JP? Oh, that was JP. Just a perfect drop. Oh man, CJ, what kind of wheels? Like that would drive you crazy, JP, man. JP, do, do it again, man. Give us another one. Give us a little taste of what we just heard for twenty minutes. <laughs> That's wild, man. That's a Ford Focus or something, man. I don't know what that is. I don't understand how that helps your focus. On the roads, but that would drive me crazy. I, I would oh, yeah. be even more deterred, and I think it would be more difficult for me to keep my concentration. Unless on the road. you're in reverse, that should not be anything. On. You're it driving a on. Dr- yeah. driving the I car. would have a like a just a a sign. Please steal me if my car did that. <laughs> just leave it right <laughs> out on the sidewalk. That's them. Like summer twenty twenty four. Listen to that thing go, man. Even the res- the reverse beep is no longer really a thing. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think I have the reverse beep. I have the reverse beep. Maybe. What it's- about the go kart? The go kart might. I got to check that, man. I haven't driven that in a while. I try to forget that. Dude, why don't you sell that thing? It's, what you do you have think that thing's worth? What do you like? That is a go kart. That thing should be relegated to simply going to Dude, a golf course. You fire course. that thing on. Let's. You know what? Take a couple pics of the go-kart tonight, yeah. and we'll post it on the show tomorrow, and you see if you get any sniffs. That's the thing. You'll okay. get sniffs based on the fact that it's your... What, do you think I'm going to sign it? Someone's going to put it up on the wall? It's like the, the John Voight car in That's Seinfeld. True. But I'm not a dentist. Yes, you're not. I'm maybe the real John Voight. You may be. Possibly. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks again to, uh, to Chris Johnston for joining us. Whew. We that love was... having CJ on. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I was waiting for it after. There. Like yeah. I was, he would st- he would start talking. I'd be waiting for it. I'd start laughing. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> uh, we're getting some news on LeBron here. The right foot soreness. He is out tomorrow night against Memphis. That is a big game too. Every game's a big game for the Lakers. But if he's sitting out, man, I I wonder when he's going to return. Like that he is likes to show he he knows the cameras are on him and not many guys can like there was no hiding the limp like he was making it known yeah. that there was that limp leaving the building they're right there though man like they're 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 a game out Dude, of the stop it. seed stop it don't tell me they're right there because they've had important games the last three weeks and LeBron was at the Super Bowl LeBron didn't want to play in Portland. Uh, he didn't want to play against Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Don't tell me that they're right in it and they're important. I'm just because they've had massive games where guys are sitting around doing nothing. I understand. Nothing. I understand that, but I'm I'm saying based on their standing, they they've won three in a row. They're three games below 500, but they're a game out of a playoff spot. They're only two and a half out of the sixth seed in the West. The yeah. West is a mess right now. It's yeah. just, it's not very good. Um, I don't have faith in the Lakers because of this. If LeBron is out, they, they are weakened significantly. Anthony Davis is going to miss games. You just can't have faith in those guys. How can you? You like cannot have faith The track record at this point and at that age, for all those guys, kind of speaks for itself. Like, yep. They are what they are. Yep, absolutely. And they're not surprising anyone. No, they're not. All right, Frankie, you're yeah. off to do some panel work tonight. Big games for Ottawa. Big games for got Ottawa. Game circled, they got huh? back-to-back against the Red Wings. I'm going to go hang out with my pals Laura Dykin and Mark Mathot. Oh, yes. I'll see you soon. All right. Good luck. Thank Good you. Luck. Good luck. I'll miss you guys. Seize the day. I will seize. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. That's Frankie uh, Corrado. Go. All right, Josh Lewenberg coming up on the Raptors. What happened last night? His take on LeBron and the Lakers moving forward. And we'll get to our best bets brought to you by FanDuel later in the hour. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. All right, we'll get to our best bets brought to you by FanDuel later in the hour. Josh Lewenberg will join us here in a moment. I always thought... Teaching kids how to skate was the worst thing for your lower back, your legs, your hips. Teaching them to ski is so much more difficult to do. It is a grind. No, no, no. That is something you can't do. Lesson. I know. I know. You don't even know how to ski yourself. I'm not a strong skier. That's the problem. I have my three-and-a-half-year-old on one of those harnesses. Which feels doesn't feel right, but it's a good play, and she wants to bomb, and I'm I'm not a strong enough skier, so I'm legitimately nervous that I'm going to blow a wheel, take her down. You're on the bunny hill, which means it's all people learning how to skill. People the ski, people are flying. A it's a death trap, place. a death trap. It is honestly, you have a better chance of survival on a black diamond than you do on the bunny hill, because black diamond, it, it's people that know how to ski. They know how to get out of the way. They know how to operate things. You get on a bunny hill with a guy in an open jacket and a Yankees hat, and he's flying down the hill, you're in big trouble. Dude, that's big the game trouble because you get grown adults that just say, someone gives them a sticker saying, be careful, but you can go on the, 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 the big boy hills, mm-hmm. and they just go straight down like a missile. Oh, yeah. And I've, it's like, what are you doing? It is legitimately life-threatening type of activity. <laughs> and I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've been lucky enough to avoid it, but I have seen people take people out, like completely blow their knees out 
because they have no idea where they're going, what they're doing. Incredibly dangerous. It's incredibly game. dangerous. But trying to fight through a couple of days on the hills with young kids and trying to teach them how to ski, you're right, man. I spoke with a couple of different people. They said, what are you doing? Like, that is lessons for two hours. You and your wife go ski, and then you come back, and everyone's happy. You got it. So I'll figure that out. Let me guess. You met one guy that was named Chaz. There were, I believe, a couple of them. Although they're not on the bunny hill, right? I was exclusively Uh, on the kids hill. Chaz goes right to the double black diamond. Yes. Chaz is is elite. All right. Here's uh, another elite member of TSN. Here's our good friend, Josh Lewenberg. How you doing, J. Lou? Doing good, Hayes. What's up? Well, I'm trying to figure out what's up with the Raptors because, you know, prior to that game last night, they were cooking, right? They had won, yeah. what did they won, seven of the last eight. Now, they did not play great competition. A lot of games against Detroit, Orlando, the Jazz were in there, the Pelicans without Zion. Then they run into Cleveland last night and they lose by 25. So, which is more meaningful, the game last night or the previous, you know, seven or eight games? <laughs> Can you call me back in a week and I'll answer that question? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of them right now. I, I'm choosing to take last night's loss with a grain of salt. I, I mean, I, I don't think it was too hard to see that coming, just given the circumstances. Second night of a back-to-back, no Fred Van Vliet. You're on the road. You're facing not only a really good Cleveland Cavaliers team, but a team that the Raptors had beat already three times this year it's really tough to to sweep a team of that caliber and I would imagine the Cavs had that in their mind going into the game last night so yeah I mean I'm not reading a ton into that but at the same time yeah I don't know how much to read into what was probably their most successful stretch of the season to this point as you mentioned seven wins in eight games but five of them came against bottom five teams Another one of those wins came against Memphis, missing three starters. And even the New Orleans win, I think we can confidently say the New Orleans win was the best one of that group, but that was without Zion as well. So, yeah, is this an improving team? Is this a team that's getting better? Or is it a team that was beating up on bad teams? Probably a little bit of both, but I would say at some point in the very near future, they're going to have to start showing it against teams in or around their tier. And the schedule is sort of lines up like that, where the next three games come against the two teams that are right below them in the standings, uh, Chicago tomorrow, and then a couple games in Washington coming up. And then the schedule gets even tougher with a bunch of games out west on the road. And uh, overall, it's a bottom or five one of Yeah, I think we're going to find out uh, a bunch about where this team is headed over the next few weeks. Jay Lou, whenever the fan base or people involved here, personal reasons, I, I think there's a level of concern that comes into play. And then when it stretches out past one game, should people be concerned? Is there any update? Like, I think people are like, is this guy okay? Presently. Yes. Uh, he and his wife had a baby so oh. uh, he, he is yes it is a good good reasons good personal reasons he and his wife had their third child um and as far as i understand he's expected to be back tomorrow yeah so that's it's a different time right it's a different era 
where there was a time when players would play through that. I, I think, Fred, I think a lot of modern sports now, I think that's kind of cool how teams are giving players the option. They should, man. And, that, that nonsense in the past, Hayes, of yeah. putting eyes on your own child and then sprinting to the airport, I think that's ludicrous. Yeah. You get paid a lot of money, but that is ludicrous. Well, look, it's happening with Alejandro Kirk. He still hasn't shown up to spring training. They're waiting for their child to be born. And, and I credit the Jays for saying, go ahead, you know, take your time. It's not ideal for us but it's a it's a big life event the same thing like you said with fred and they miss him you know that you look at some of the minutes being dispersed last night it's not an injury though to your point it'll be okay and he's, he's going to return but that position you know that 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 depth at guard it just it has not been there really since kyle left josh and when fred's out man even though he hasn't had the greatest season you can feel that absence yeah, well, first of all, I'm going to agree with you guys there. As an expecting father myself, I, I'm not going to criticize the guy for taking a few days to be with his family. Yes, sir. But, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, they've missed him. And I, I think especially in the game against Cleveland, the thing is, like, I, I'm not sure that his absence actually changed any of the results. They won two out of the three games against opponents that they should probably beat. And then the game against Cleveland, as we talked about, for so many reasons, they were probably going to lose that game anyway. But, yeah, without him on the floor, listen, it's tough to win in this league without a real point guard for all the reasons that we've talked about over the years of how tough it's been to win without a center. And, obviously, having Jakob Pearl out there helps a great deal. The point guard position is really important as well. And while Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam can do a lot of different things that I think help you there, they can certainly run the point and run the offense in a pinch. And I think Jakob Pertl helps with his passing as well. It's just not the same thing, right? Like, we've seen some good passing recently, but that's not the same as actually running and organizing an offense. And Van Lee, for all of his faults, and I mean, there's no getting around the fact that he hasn't had a great season, uh, but he brings so many things to the table that this Raptors team just, they don't have elsewhere. Now, I do think Jeff Doughton has been interesting here recently for no other reason than he has been a bit of an upgrade at the backup point guard spot. It's pretty clear now that Nick Nurse has given opportunities to Malachi Flynn and, and Delano Bant in the past, and those guys haven't taken advantage of the opportunity. So they're searching here, and I've liked what I've seen with Doughton to the point where like, I think he's going to get a bit more run coming up. If nothing else, they want to see what he can do because as a two-way player, they've got to make a decision on him relatively soon he's not eligible to play in the playoffs the Raptors were to make it that far so they've got to see if it's worth giving him a regular NBA deal and then of course deciding what happens with him afterwards he's a little bit older for a guy that you would expect in in that role to a player development piece he's 25 years old he's bounced around a little bit uh, around the league but I look at that as a feature more than a bug where at this point in time you could actually turn to him to play reliable minutes uh, rotation minutes reliably at that position um so that that's where they're at at this point they don't have a lot of depth behind Van Vliet they clearly need him out there the good news is I mean at this point last year he was already starting to break down whereas here it's kind of the opposite uh, this season where after a slow start he's playing the best basketball of his season so yeah if they are going to make a late season run and salvage the season they're going to need him to play a lot and they're going to need to play a pretty big role here Speaking of big roles, Scotty Barnes is going to be the guy that everyone's hitching their wagons to moving forward. Would you not agree with that, J. Lou? Yeah, I think they go as he goes. Probably a okay. pretty big reason why they got off to that slow start is he got off to the slow start. 
Okay, so do you think that amongst the players he's fully respected and trusted moving forward that he is going to be the guy? I think sometimes when a rookie takes off like he did, he wins the rookie of the year, it kind of goes the like one way or the other. They show up back at training camp and they're really dialed in. They understand what it takes to move everything even more forward or it kind of takes a little bit of a step back. How do you think he is received amongst kind of the veteran guys in that locker room? It's a really good question, Oh, And I do think, like, in terms of trust and respect, I think it's there. But I do think that there is maybe some skepticism amongst some of the more experienced players on the team, and for no other reason than you look at the makeup of this team, and we've talked about it a lot over the years. Pascal Siakam, uh, late bloomer, late first-round pick, Fred VanVleet, undrafted. You could probably go down the list, and, and that's the case with most of these guys on the team is they're players that didn't come in with the high pedigree, high prospect. They had to fight and, and earn their way. So even the, those two guys that I mentioned, Van Vliet and Siakam, that are, are sort of the, the face of the team right now that uh, the organization caters to, they probably feel like, yeah, okay, well, we, we earned that. And there might be some animosity, a little bit of animosity here and there, at least that skepticism that I talked about with a guy that comes in as a top four pick that's sort of crowned and, and given that role right right off the bat where there has been a lot of ups and downs, games where he's played really well, games or at least quarters where he hasn't played well. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I do get the sense here and there that some of the guys kind of look at that and say, well, that, that's not entirely fair. But at the same time, that's the business. That's the way that it works. And I think at the end of the day, they understand that, like, he's the future of this team. And even in the present, as I mentioned, he, when, when he plays well, that goes a long way in determining how far this team is going to go or whether or not this team is playing well. Well, they're in Chicago tomorrow. And based on the standings, it, it's – you know the most important or they play Chicago tomorrow it's the most important game of the year is it not Josh I mean in terms of just keeping they all them are at this point. they really are but when you look at the standings like your yeah. Chicago's the the team on the outside looking in and, and Indiana's going the wrong way I think they're gone and the other teams they've they've been out for quite some time really if you're talking about the playing in Chicago you're just trying to keep out yeah, I mean, obviously you want to squeeze into the play-in, but at that point, like, you don't want to be 10th, right? Like, then you got to win a couple of games in the play-in, both of them on the road, just for the right to squeeze into the playoffs and probably have a hard time with the first-seeded team. So anything that you can do from there, at least, like, all right, you climb to ninth, and then all of a sudden you're hosting one of those play-in games. You mm-hmm. climb to seven or eight and then you only need to win one of those games as opposed to two. And obviously the goal for all those teams in that mix is to climb up to six. The problem is, like, the Knicks look legit, right? Like, they've had a good season. They've gotten better as the year has gone on. And even the Raptors, like, as they turn things around a little bit here over the last few weeks, the problem is the Knicks, like, they're, they're still playing well. They've won, I think, four or five in a row. So the Raptors haven't gained a whole lot of ground on New York, even as they've been winning games here. Brooklyn is sliding a little bit, as you would expect after the, the trades uh, uh, a few weeks ago. 
Um, so maybe there's a chance at catching them. The problem is there's a lot of teams in that mix. So not only do the Raptors need to get hot here and they need some help from New York, but you're also hoping that all those teams in between, in addition to the teams behind them in Washington and Chicago, don't get hot. So, yeah, these are important games coming up this week, Chicago, Washington. And even if you look beyond that, like you've got a bunch of games coming up against teams in that mix. You've got to win them at this point. Like, yeah, the games like Cleveland the other night, those are going to happen, but you can't have a whole lot of those here over the next few weeks. Really, like to catch New York at the Knicks' pace right now, you've got to go, I don't know, like 15 and 5, something in that neighborhood Mm -hmm. in order to catch them. That's going to be really, really tough. Not impossible. Not impossible, but considering this is a team that hasn't gone on long winning streaks at all this year, like, I don't know that based on the body of work, we can feel confident. No, I don't think you can. I think it might be more likely that Brooklyn is the one that falls off. I mean, may, maybe yeah. if they really start to lose a lot of ball games, that is the spot that becomes available. But, yeah, the Raptors, have got to, they got to win a lot of games. Like, they're well aware of that. And it starts again with Chicago down at Scotiabank tomorrow night. You'll be down there all over it, as always. Thank you for doing this, Jay Lou. We'll do it again soon. All right, guys. Talk soon. Josh Lewinberg, our Raptors reporter and Chicago's a game and a half back of the Raptors, and they're a half game behind Washington for the 10th seed. So the Raps are currently in ninth, which means they would host that play-in game. If they won that, they would go on the road, as of now, either at Miami or at Atlanta. So It's not very compelling, whatever you want to call not it. Not overly it, compelling. No, it's No, just, it's not. But And I'm not as fair weather as you've got to go to the NBA Finals to get my interest, but... They're in the no-man's land where it's just you can yep. win four, you get people's attention, and then you drop a game, and then you get spanked, and then it's like, okay, you're not that good. Mm-hmm. And then you glance at the standings, and a team like the Knicks, who who's, they're just the Knicks. They've been the Knicks forever, and they're ahead of them. So it's like, what are you actually doing? Yeah, that's what I think a lot of people are wondering, and that's why it's no was, man's land. Yeah, it's, they are. That's the where worst, they are. Yeah, it's the yeah. worst place to be. They're not in a position to, to likely win a lottery. I mean, that's not what they're pursuing right now. And they, with every win or every run where they pick up a lot of wins, those odds become less and less, and they're going to get in. And so you're not in that situation, and you're not Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, Clippers, Memphis. You're not one of the big boys that have a legitimate shot of winning a title. They, they literally are defined about... as a middle-of-the-ground team. That's what so they are. I asked J. Lou about Scotty Barnes. Did they not blow it up and, and go scorched earth? to protect him and they didn't want him to be doing that the rest of the season? I think it's possible. I think why else wouldn't they have done it? I think Masai, he believes in, in the culture of winning and what that means is you are always trying, you know, and I, I, and I agree with that philosophy. I think it's very dangerous to completely bottom out. It, It may be beneficial if you get that one guy, you know, if you win the lottery and you get that one guy, then then I think it's worth it. But if you are constantly awful and you don't get that one guy, if you're Detroit, now maybe Cade Cunningham is that guy he's injured now, who knows? If you're Houston, although Houston had a great run for a while and it's only been a few years where they've really had to pay for it, Charlotte, Orlando. Like, Charlotte and Orlando have been awful for a long time. Forever. And it's all in Detroit. The same thing. They're always waiting to turn it around, and they just how don't do it. How are they not like? How has Detroit or Orlando not landed a guy that's kind of put them over the top? And they've had first not picks. over the top, just over the edge, like where it's like we're not going to be. 
Yeah. But just by the talent level that we just drafted, we're not going to be garbage. Right. Like they, those are the two recipients of the last two first round pe- first overall picks. Yes. Right. What are like you, Ben like, Caro and and Cunningham, and they're just not good enough. Right. Like Wembenyama is a different level. You if you you get that first pick, it's got to be LeBron. You know, it's it's got yeah. maybe not LeBron. That that might be rich, but it's got to be someone of substance that you know is immediately walking in and is going to be one of the ten best players in the league no within kidding. three or four years. What do you think is going to happen after Bedard gets selected, where he's going to go first? What are the other the other teams are going to be like, well, now we really got some work to do. Yeah. We're really in one because we were tanking for that guy, and now he's not on our team, and what the hell are we going to do you're now? You're searching for a generational player again, and you're still going to be bad. That's your reality. Same thing with the NBA. Our best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Still to come, Overdrive continues, TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. All right, today's best bets are brought to you by FanDuel, but on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. We had Frank DeShambo on here earlier. Frankie's over doing panel work for the Ottawa game. And he's mentioning that, you know, there's a little bit of a buzz around the Sens where they got back-to-back here with Detroit. If they can win both these games, they think they're still in the race. I don't think that's true because they just have so many teams to overcome. Yeah, but, but I, if they win those two games, they are in the race. You don't still gotta, take that away from them. You still got to knock out. The Islanders have to drop off. Pittsburgh's got to drop off. Even if you win these, Detroit, Washington's still in it. I, I, it's in tough. They're in tough. But I like them tonight. It's you got to pay a little juice, minus 134. But they're at home. I like them to beat Detroit. Boston, you're only laying minus 130 at Edmonton. Like, if... Anything under like minus 170 for a Bruins win is very good value. And I know it's McDavid, it's the Oilers, the Oilers are waiting for him. But how about we didn't mention Allmark's goal over the weekend? That's how crazy today's been. There's been so much going on. When a goalie scores, 654. We're just mentioning it right now. It was incredible. Cherry on top for the Vesna. Yes, and I like Boston. I, this is crazy, but I like Anaheim tonight. They're at home against Chicago. Everyone's leaving Chicago. Kane's not there anymore. McCabe's gone. The message sent to the Hawks. They suck. Anaheim sucks too, but I like Anaheim. Paying a little bit of juice. I'm on three favorites tonight. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app and make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. All right. Shout out to uh, Frankie, JP, Arad, Joe from the Bridge, everyone behind the scenes. Thank you for tuning in today. We always appreciate it. It's been a fun one today. It's going to be a fun one tomorrow. We're out of here. Enjoy your evenings. Enjoy the games tonight. We're back tomorrow at... CJ, text me and Hazy B to let us know you're alive. 4 p.m. We'll beep then.